2: We welcome you all to a role-to-cast RPG podcast in the world of Vampire the Masquerade, starring Ellen Graham as Isabelle Dumont, Sean Fleurl as Kevin Morse, and Phil Harker-Smith as Professor Vincent Masters. Story, storytelling, and additional rules by Christopher Bond. Designed by Jack Sumner. Music by Paul Goodman. This is Adelaide by Night.
1: Good evening and welcome to Roll2Cast's to Vampire the Masquerade game, Episode Zero. Episode Zero is a opportunity for listeners and players to get to know the world, to communicate to each other um, what the game is about and what they want to get out of it. Uh, it's a way for stories to blend and merge. It's a way for each of us to feel comfortable in playing the game and for listeners to understand who's talking to you what they're playing and what's going on <laughs> in a lot of sense. <laughs> also, welcome to, to season two. Oh yeah, yeah welcome, welcome to you. season two. Oh, yay! yay. At beard Media's uh, Roll to Cast
0: podcast. I tried to make like a pop the champagne thing, but I'm wearing false nails at the moment, yeah. so I just clawed the inside of <laughs> oh, my cheek.
2: That was Dear my Lord. pop sound. Um, and Whoa, that was and good yes, sound.
3: I'm no longer your DM slash referee. No, um, you got that, fired. A mantle is being handed over to the the sultry tones that you heard first. Sultry, mm. thank sultry. you. Sultry, yes.
2: Salty. Oh yeah, sultry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, introduce yourself. Yes, hint, yes. Hint.
1: Uh, hello, my name is Chris Bond. I'm Ooh. the storyteller Ooh. for this season's game, Vampire: The Masquerade. Um, yeah, I'm screw joined. It, let's do last names this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah why not? I
0: We've think done we did it. it on, um,
1: uh, We've outed ourselves. Yeah, it's been a few times that I've had my last name thrown around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's fine. Feels more formal for them yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking uh, of I, Phil, yes, I'm joined by Phil. Yes,
3: uh, Phil Harker Smith. Um, yes, and I am playing a uh, a fellow named Vincent Masters or. Professor Vincent Masters To you Of
2: Clan Tremere mm. uh, Sean, hi I, hi I am Sean Fleurl That was a weird Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm uh, Sean Fleurl uh,
0: You look at your Like hand And Fleurl is Fleurl what is, is my smunged, So yes. you're just like Ah, uh, Sean Fleurl oh. <laughs> Sean
2: Flavel, uh, yeah, Which has been I have been called Flavel before Anyway uh, I'm playing from uh, Clan Bruja mm. Or Bruha What is your character's name? His name is Kevin Morse. Uh-huh. Mm. Big Kev. Big Kev. Kevin Big Morse. Kev. Ah, Kevy. <laughs> and uh, Ellen, hi.
0: My name is Ellen Graham, and mm. I am playing as Isabelle Dumont of Clan Toriador. And uh, She's yeah, French. She French sounding. <laughs> Very en français. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> have fun with that, yeah. me. <laughs> So I think,
1: uh, Phil, do you have a character accent at all? It's uh, him. No, <laughs> no, no it's, it's just me. He, he, does. he does. He's, he's been me. putting on a British Smiley. accent. That's <laughs> the last... You actually do have an Australian accent, not a British accent in real life. Uh, yeah.
3: In real life, yes. That's uh, right. I
1: have,
3: That's I have a bit of a hybrid that has <laughs> skewed Australian <laughs> in recent years. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I was planning to use. He, he's he's quite a lot like myself in a way, in terms of education and background. I, I see having a voice that is, is maybe a little bit more smooth than mine and, and I plan on maybe characterising more through through body language at the table to, to kind of convey when I'm in and out of character. Perfect for Sean, podcast.
2: Yeah, you, you like have <laughs> at
1: home? Sean, you've got a voice for your character?
2: Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> oh my goodness, there he <laughs> is. He's, uh, he, that's what, you know, he's a uh, big Kev. Um, he's a, uh, don't call him big Kev though, that's uh, too informal. But yeah, <laughs> no, he's a, uh, you know, he's just uh, a, a Regular Kev. Yeah, just a regular Kev. And uh, this is the Kev. voice that, uh, yeah. Sits very close to where my voice wants to sit. So I thought, let's just sit it here. Okay. So if you are, and by the way, like, there are so many American shows that when they hear a really thick Australian accent, they subtitle it. So uh, for our American <laughs> listeners, yeah, good luck with this one, mate.
0: We've subtitled a podcast. All <laughs> well, that okay. right. lingo
2: going to for- be slung your way. Transcript happening. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to do a transcript for each episode. <laughs> and yeah. Ellen.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's a French accent. So a bit uh, lilting, uh, a bit considered. English is not her uh, first uh, uh How you uh, say language? language. <laughs> it's quite Parisian. It's very it's very relaxed, you know. Mm-hmm. They like to do things at their own kind of pace and also it, it adds to this kind of ethereal charm about her that, you know, quite often she'll kind of have to like cock her head to the side and people think, Oh, she must be very interesting. Look at all that thinking she's doing. Really she's just it's like Ha, what is this word? <laughs> so
2: basically if you ah, don't understand what we're saying Phil's talking. I cannot yeah. remember.
0: No that's fine.
2: Uh, and Ellen you're playing a Toreador is that right?
0: A Toreador. Yeah
2: fantastic.
1: Oui. <laughs> uh, it's worth addressing kind of as the first thing. Um, you three haven't played much Vampire the Masquerade have you? Mm, not, not much. i a
2: demo game that uh, we've already recorded for this. That's all I've been experiencing. Uh, I
1: have played
3: games uh, set in the World of Darkness um, so I've played uh, a bit of mage and a bit of changeling, not much of those either. But well, yeah, no, I've never, I've never uh, uh, stepped into the shoes of a vampire
1: before. Oh. For those Ooh, who haven't listened blood. to, uh, <laughs> yes, it's, it's a bloody world. <laughs> uh, Squelch. The, for those who haven't listened to episode zero of our um, cyberpunk series, yes, why don't we discuss a bit about our role playing experience? Phil, why don't you go first? Uh,
3: sure. I, I came to uh, role playing uh, as an adult. I got a D D and group, joined one at a shop, and Thought this DM sucks. There's no imagination and description. <laughs> uh, instantly inspired me to 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 learn and, and get into DMing myself. Um, so I haven't really looked back. Uh, <laughs> love DMing. I'm currently running a, a a great DM D&D group at the moment. I guess. Sean's doing great. Um, thank you, Sean. He's thank not you. just pissing um, all over. <laughs> yeah. if, he, if he doesn't say that, he gets hit by rock trap next next game. So, um, <laughs> Appropriate response. <laughs> Uh, and and I'm really interested in lots of different systems. So as I said, I've played a little bit of the World of Darkness games, of which there are many. Um, I also have played and and run uh, Dark Heresy. Uh, I've played a little bit of what's the anime game called? Help me. Exalted. Out. Exalted yeah, and, and various other things. I'm really interested in systems and how they work and and how they convey different kinds of worlds and different tell different kinds of stories. So yeah, I I'm quickly discovering in my adult life that
2: that role-playing is actually a really deep passion of mine. Has Mm. anyone else kind of discovered this, where at least I have, where the more I've gotten into role-playing games over the last year or so, the less I'm playing video games. Mm. It's it's become a replacement for me because I'm using the imagination rather Mm. than the screen. Um, no, I just realised... I just Maybe it's just me noticing I haven't played video games so in a while, So, the yeah. possibilities
0: are quite a bit more... Uh, you've got more to play with when it's just kind of a DM having to go, all right, I'll, I'll figure that in somehow, as opposed to a video game that someone spent a lot of time on and sure. gone. There's only so many variables that we can mm. actually deal with before we break the... We were actually <laughs>
2: talking with... I was talking with Chris before about, hey, how about well, we just start the game where we get tickets and just go to a different state entirely? Like, you're okay with that, right? <laughs> he's, yes, he's- take your
1: vampire characters... Take them entirely away from the setting that I've spent a couple of months working <laughs> DMs on. DMs love that. That's <laughs> great. Thank <laughs> you. And after deliberately you... decide not to engage with the narrative. And it becomes
0: Final Destination, yeah. and yes. death starts hunting them down. <laughs> Especially
1: after you
3: followed the rail railway tracks I laid out for you so nicely during Cyberpunk. <laughs> I feel like it would be a little bit unfair for us to then turn around to Chris and be like, uh, "Yeah, we all get on plane. Uh, we're going to South
2: America. That's right. Uh, this... uh, we walk out into the sun just to experiment with <laughs> what happens." <laughs> It becomes the mummy returns. Have you yes. just uh, uh, the uh sun running you. Yes, from the sun right. um, <laughs> What, Sean, a deep what cut. about, I what, know, about right? what about
1: you? What's your experience with role playing games?
2: Um, so the most recent experience is season one. Um, but previous to that is so as uh, Phil so aptly mentioned, I'm currently embroiled in a and D campaign. Um, but other than that, my last three encounters, uh, as I mentioned last episode zero, has been with Chris as a DM three times where it never went past a first session.
1: We hope to change that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that so. so yeah,
2: I'm I'm fairly new in in I guess in the grand scheme of things. Like I'm what I'm 28, and i I've actually was just thinking last week like why the fuck didn't I find role playing sooner? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel this way as well. Yeah, I would have really dug this as a 16 year old. I
0: think it's one of those things. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to get in if you're not already in because it can be quite daunting. Yeah, going. for sure. And, I and, didn't know
2: anyone that played. Yeah, mm. and also
0: you you need. To have other people who... You don't want to just have a whole bunch of virgins, like... St- I mean, I meant, like, game...
2: You've got to get that. I'm sorry, Ellen.
0: we role-
1: just lost so many listeners.
0: <laughs> I meant role-playing virgins. Yeah. You yeah, know for sure I mean? because,
3: <laughs> because then everyone's everyone is too scared to dip their toe in the exactly. water. Exactly. Right? You
0: need someone who's uh, experienced enough to run the game and probably sure. a few other to show you the ropes. Um, and so, you, you kind of have to wiggle yourself into some kind of already established yeah. groups and it, it can be quite daunting. Yeah.
2: I've only just discovered how to really devour the books, like a core mm. rule book for myself. And I will spend hours at work when there's no one in. I will read the book aloud. Sean's if-
0: manager, don't listen to this.
2: No, don't. Don't, don't look at the cameras. Um, <laughs> it, it looks like I'm giving a presentation. Because if, if I can portray the meaning of the book... To an audience Then I will understand it myself But I'll I've read pretty much the entire Like as much of the vamp rule, rule Because I'm allowed to Allowed to being the key word mm-hmm. there um, Allowed Yes, allowed That's how I learn And that's how it's actually stuck now mm. Previous like Because it's a 500 page book mm, It's a its a tome And I, I got to it and I was like Oh <laughs> How do I do this yes. Yeah,
3: Yeah I, mean, I, I think uh, It's worth noting Like as, as we approach it From, from a grown up standpoint That it's, if you haven't got a taste for it and you do get in, it's extremely addictive. There really isn't any activity that, that scratches that same kind of center of your brain, I think. And so when you start getting a taste for like how you can get in, aha, uh-huh. A taste for oh. Oh. vampire, vampire. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you. Wait, it about no, that's wrong. Uh, it tastes I for like, it. you know getting into the, <laughs> getting into the rule books. You can really like lose yourself in there, and, and you, you hear about people, especially people who DM, and they you talk about working on the setting for months. People get so into their campaigns and their worlds and stuff. It's really um, co- consuming. Yes,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah it really, really can made, be. Sorry, Phil. Chris has made fifty NPCs for this game. What? It was like fifty, wasn't it? It's just, about that. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, I made like
3: five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure.
3: I, I, I'm sure I
1: will invent more as
3: yeah, the game goes on. I, I invented a few. A yeah. few of my favourite people from last season were completely made up, like Bones. Uh, uh, I like Bones. Bones is great. He's
0: ultraviolet. Yeah.
3: He was just because you wanted him. I was like, yeah. oh, I have to make him up now. <laughs> I, I'm just going to lay this seed here. I want to see
2: Larry again. <laughs> uh, let's. Well, what do we hear from quote. Ellen? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My Ellen, experience. what about your experience?
0: Uh, so yes, yeah, see previously on Baby Bird Media, at Cyberpunk 2020. I'm also kind of somewhat intimately in a D and D Fifth Edition campaign. Um, that was kind of my first ever foray into proper. Role-playing, um, so I picked a kind of half-orc who's basically, as I call her, Nicki Minaj the half-orc. She's a big dumb... Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm, say- I'm, I'm not saying Nicki Minaj is a big no, dumb no, slut. No, no, but just but, that image but is like, great. Nicki Minaj's persona where it's like, I want to fuck, huh. I'm hard as fuck, and what are we doing here? Like, can I smash it or can I fuck it? Those are my two options. And so, so she's, can
1: I smash it? Oh, or, yeah, that's even better. Yeah, she would right? have thought of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Yeah,
0: yeah. But like basically a really easy kind of in for me because I don't need to think too much about strategy because it's just kind of like she's a kind of person who's just like I try killing it or I want to try and fuck it. Um and so everyone has to kind of scramble around my poor decisions. Um <laughs>
3: every group needs one. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. And she's fun. Last season we gonna to be? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Who's going to be I, this time? Can I ask if you ever felt a desire
3: to to DM, DM or run again? Um
0: possibly. I do like getting really entrenched in lore. I think um, I had an idea about maybe doing um something in terms of like Star Wars, like rebe- like rebels cuz hmm. that's the thing that When I I just think about all these stories of like when I was a kid, like what would all my role-playing be. Like, you know, I'd be running around pretending to be part of the rebellion and like, mm. uh, you know, like a fighter pilot or all that kind of stuff are on the ground and yeah, I've been thinking about possibly something Star Wars or possibly something Dragon Age because I fucking love Dragon Age, well, you guys. Kind of, Your
2: eyes completely lit up when I told you that a Star Wars role-playing game exists. There's quite a few. Yeah. 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 Doesn't surprise me. So maybe season, season four. Maybe. Yeah. Referee. Possibly. For- I, I, possibly. M- I also may, may be DMing soon. I'm going to be dipping my toes in for the very first time in the a campaign that we're doing with Phil. I'm running a one-shot um, next week mm. actually. Mm. Um, but on um, that we'll see if I'm any any good and if I have a thirst for it and we'll mm. go from there. Yeah. thirst. I, think uh-huh. I don't know what you think, uh, Chris, but
3: I, I personally think it benefits people uh, uh, as players to DM. Oh, totally. To yeah. I, I think so.
0: feel the horror at yeah. watching yeah. players <laughs> ruin their creations.
1: I just want to say that part of the reason we're doing this is Episode Zero. is Episode Zero is designed to start a, a campaign it's designed to start a, a chronicle and you need to uh, i at least find that i want to know about my players experiences want to know what their part what they're uh, anticipating for the game mm-hmm. what they want from their game uh what they've brought to the game and part of that is their role-playing experience um so it's we're not just uh talking about ourselves for no reason it also helps for me at least build a game um, yeah. But in that, um, let's go around and talk a little bit about our characters mm-hmm. um, in a little more detail, maybe a two sentence or three sentence summary. Oh, okay. If we oh. can achieve that. Uh, let's go with Ellen. Oh. Yeah. We're going, okay. going the other way around.
0: So, Isabelle Dumont is a very beautiful, stunning, kind of empathetic caregiver. She was a nun in training before she was embraced. And so she's the kind of person who, who... you She walks into a room and people kind of love her in many more ways than just one. Mm-hmm. Does, does that give you a... That's a fair laugh? summary, yeah. I would say. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sean, what about you? Uh, so Kevin Morse is a former beat cop slash former detective, recently embraced uh, Brugia. He is not happy about it, to say the very least. And he has travelled from Melbourne... All the way to Adelaide with the express purpose of achieving one particular goal that as the hard-boiled, no-nonsense Australian Aussie bloke that he is, nothing will stop him from achieving that. Absolutely. And Phil? Uh, Yeah, so Vincent
3: Masters is a former college professor. Um, who of literature uh, who uh, lost his academic career shortly before becoming embraced and then found himself in a different kind of academic world in the uh, Tremere which has a very similar hierarchy so he has fit himself right in and he is really interested in, in growing ambition and and. Securing his place in this new world, as he was in the old one, uh, he really uh, has tried to take it in his stride mm-hmm. and it's onwards and upwards for him. It, it is <laughs>
1: funny to me that he thinks he has fit himself in.
3: <laughs> yes, that's right. Rather yes. than being selected Selecting. and inserted into it, well, he probably knows that. Yeah, but he's, I, he's I, I got like a bit think, of ego. I think so. so. <laughs>
2: I like that this whole vampire game boils down to you say something and then everyone goes, "Oh, honey, oh, oh yeah, 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 a little bit oh, of that's that cute."
3: Um, <laughs> I think he would also. He would also. Um, he would be able to spin that to massage his ego as well. It's like I was selected because, of course, I was.
1: Yes, who wouldn't mm. want me?
3: So, uh, Sean, you touched on the <laughs> fact that your yeah. character is well. Australian.
1: Yes. Uh, we are. This game is set in Australia, in the city of Adelaide, which is where we record. We're all Australian, by the way. We, yes, if, you, if, if this is your first episode, <laughs> I am it, not- it is an interesting episode to pick. Um, How
0: dare you? Well, it's fair
1: enough. Um, but we are Australian. We're an Australian podcast crew, and uh, we've set the game, uh, the location in our world. Uh, in our city. Uh, the world of darkness is a dark reflection of the uh, real world. Um, so the shadows grow slightly darker and longer and there are nasty things hiding in there. Mm-hmm. People's most evil or um, selfish uh, interests uh, come to the front first before they're selfless ones. Yeah. Um, so it's not a nice place. Mm. It's also the mortal a... world is more corrupt and more oppressive. And... and supernatural things exist. It's yes. also
0: worth noting, uh, if people aren't familiar with Adelaide, that Adelaide already has a kind of very weird dichotomy. It's alt- Like, it's known as two things. Like, the city of churches, but then also, uh, the murder capital of Australia, not because of amount of murder. We don't actually have all that much, but just
2: notorious murders.
0: We we have quite a lot of strange murders or mm. unsolved cases, mm. like the Beaumont children disappearing. Um, we have the Snowtown murders, mm. we, the Bodies in Barrels incident. We have the Summerton man. Um, There's ha- lots of
1: murder. Yeah, we yeah, have a lot, yeah. a lot of very strange things
0: that are quite juxtaposed with the fact that. This this is quite a conservative town.
1: For for listeners, the, the most important takeaway, and I'll get to this in episode one to give you a little more, um, but Adelaide is an isolated city in Australia, mm-hmm. which is an isolated country. Uh, it's a relatively conservative place and is known as three things, the city of churches, the city of murders, and <laughs> named after its founder, Colonel Light, the city of light. Uh,
3: I, I think for me one thing that is really notable about Adelaide uh, that goes along with its conservatism is its reputation for being a parochial town. That's a, you know a product of its conservatism and its isolation that it feels like often socially and... Sometimes technologically, it is 20, 30 years in the past. Attitudes change slower, trends arrive here later.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and I feel like that's something that, that's kind of enhanced by the world of darkness as well. It's Absolutely. Got very
0: much like a small town mm. feel yes. to yes. it. Yeah.
2: I also remember hearing uh, a while ago, and I've heard it a few times over the years, that Adelaide is the place where people come to die. So it is a very much like a retirement, yeah, it's a retirement city. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, so, that was episode. There Adelaide, that come was episode here if one. you want to die. Yeah, die. <laughs> um, or, yeah, we die. I just all murder. Yeah,
0: yeah, one way or the other, you're dying. Um,
2: I, I thought as well. Um, we, we talked about this in the Cyberpunk episode zero, but just kind of our interests in the world of like not just vampire the game, but vampires in general. Like if there is any other media or things in that sort of uh, world that we do enjoy. I mean, for me personally, my when I started thinking about this question, it was what my favorite book of all time is, which is by um, a man named Christopher Golden who's done a lot of Marvel comics, I think, as well. He's done a lot of graphic novels and such, but he did a book series called Of Saints and Sinners. And it's a, the first one was um, also titled that, Of Saints and Sinners. It's a 1995 novel that deals with the vampire world and it gives it a very nice, dark twist on it and it really leans on... Uh, the religious God versus Satan kind of dynamic, and it uses um, a few historical figures. It does go downhill as the series progressive, but that first book just really captured me, Mm. and I really got engrossed into that world quick smart. Ellen, what about you? Uh,
0: Well, I've always loved vampires as a fucking goth (laughs) and... um, tragic emo child first thing that comes to, to comes to my head is on My Chemical Romance's first album I Brought You My Bullets You Brought Me Your Love there is a security warning on the on the disc that says it's just kind of like a standard like FBI warning um don't replicate or whatever but then the added thing at the end is that if you do this Gerard Way will come to your house and suck your blood and I thought fuck yeah. <laughs>
2: so everyone did it Burned that
0: CD a hundred times y'all um <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, hang so, on, like, hang on.
3: Wasn't one of your major influences for Cyberpunk also my Chemical Romance?
0: I didn't come here to be judged.
3: <laughs> the, the I'm not judging. I'm just pointing it out. The they're
0: point just... is, they're versatile.
1: <laughs> Phil, don't at
2: her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are they not versatile? I wouldn't, think, I wouldn't, versatile. Think, I wouldn't
2: think of it. Let's return
1: the gaze it. to Phil. What about your vampire?
3: <laughs>
2: um, the gaze. Look, I'm going
0: to level with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm
2: really not into vampires. No, I, I, know, I know this. You, Rude. You, we, we discussed this we actually, discussed actually this before. Early Is this why you did Rude. every World of Darkness yeah. game except Vampire? Yeah, that's <laughs> right.
3: I, I'm much more interested in, in things in things like Changelings and, and the Fae. Uh, I've always, uh, as quite like an optimistic, sunny person uh, who has depression, um, <laughs>
0: I find the two go hand in yeah, hand. They yeah, do, they, they do, they
3: do. Uh, it's comedians and depression, right? Mm. Um, Am, I right? <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> hey! hey. Oh. Um, yeah, I've, I've never been that kind of drawn to the vampire mythos. And I think it went through a period of of being kind of hitting the mainstream and there was some kind of, quite lame incarnations of it. Are
0: you here to talk shit about Twilight?
3: (laughs) No, no. Because if you (laughs) won't, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think that even maybe kind of alienated me further from the concept. I'm not not totally like a snob about it or anything. You know, I've watched Interview with a Vampire. Mm. I I quite like Angel as a series.
2: It's quite cool. What's the Nicolas Cage film Uh, where he thinks uh, he's a vampire? Oh, Uh, um, Vampire
0: Kiss. Yeah, Vampire Vampire
2: Kiss. I haven't watched that. I really want to, though. Uh, Um, What's
0: he call it? The... uh, False? Is it falsies? No. When he it like puts teeth. in the fake. Yeah, fangs. I think it's
3: his falsies. Yeah. It's yeah. falsies. Anyway. Um. um. So yeah. So I don't have that kind of a deeper connection to it. Uh, that said, I, I really love the world and the system and this uh version of vampires where they're they're not just ravenous beasts. You know, they're not just monsters. They have a, a wrestle with humanity um to take on, and drinking blood isn't about just decimating the population and just like killing whoever they want they don't generally kill people when they drink from them humans kind of enjoy it, uh, it, it as well and this emphasis on the masquerade of them instead of trying to like take over the world they, they they live in the shadows and they're in a tenuous precarious position those are some of the best things about the vampire mythos for me is is that uh, when it reveals inner truths about Being a human, yeah, Uh, uh, and that tension with humanity, I think, is the best thing to explore. So, especially getting into preparing for this game, uh, has really shed a lot of the kind of internal stigma I had around vampires. I know I was really nervous at the beginning. I was like, "Am I going to be able to get into this in in a way that that is suitable?" Uh, And I think I've achieved that. Through through both there being a really appealing kind of clan choice for me as well is, has really helped. But yeah, I'm coming at it as more of a, like an outsider, as someone who, who who doesn't relate to the mythos that much.
1: Yeah, I just quickly do my I was uh, going to ask RPG, your, my yeah. RPG history yeah. and my vampire history. How much time do we have? Yeah, uh, yeah I have true. no idea. <laughs> um, so I've been role playing for twenty years. Uh, I started playing D Second Edition by playing Baldur's Gate and reverse engineered the system out of that with some uh, calculators. Uh, and some inventions uh, i've been playing vampire since 2004 with the vampire the masquerade bloodlines video game uh, mm, which the new one's coming uh, out yes. next year vampire bloodlines masquerade 2 baby
0: yeah it'll be i'm really
1: excited to see what that game's like i've been a long time uh, fan of the game and i'm excited i've also lapped the game for a long time so
2: yeah um, it, it's also worth noticing um just a little plug here if you jump over to the committee quest podcast uh Our our luscious, lustrous DM Chris sat down and had an interview which talks about his history role-playing even further. Yes. It's it's a really cool interview. That's the
1: quick summary. Uh, There is a, yeah, committee quest uh, chat with Chris, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's chat about how your characters have arrived at the beginning of this story. Mm. So, uh, to quickly summarise... Uh, we played a, uh, I guess, an episode minus zero, I uh, love a demo it game, so much. Uh, which had Ellen and Phil's character taking the beginning of the story. Uh, it followed uh, Phil, your character, uh, Professor Masters being released, which mm-hmm. is his sire the becoming yes, mm-hmm. the becoming mm-hmm. which uh, no longer is speaking for you. Uh, you are your own creature now. There was some fine by me. Yes, there was some intrigue, some court intrigue yeah. uh, as. What seemed to go down maybe wasn't planned, or maybe was slightly earlier than what normally would happen.
3: Yeah, there was a real sense of like uh, unease. There was something kind of off about the the city's prince. Yeah, uh, that, that intrigued everyone. We're like, oh, okay, so the, he seems he seems not. Up to scratch. Or he seems affected, something's or, on his mind or something's something, something. lost or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, uh,
1: and Ellen Isabella was in the audience, yeah, in the court watching all of this.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, before the two of you were summoned by, by the, the prince, prince
0: himself mm-hmm,
1: uh, to go with the sheriff Jack Bannon to a, a designated spot. You weren't. Mm. Into- you weren't told what would nope. happen. No, and the, and the spot I believe was the the
3: Peckish James. Peckish James. <laughs> <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> It was the parking lot of a uh, fast food A fast chain. food yeah. chain. On
1: the border of the city's uh, city district, yes. as far as vampires are concerned. Very
0: weird concerned. summoning as well. Yes. You were just
2: told that you were there to say hello to an yeah. incoming vampire. Yeah.
0: Which as to, well, as a... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. You know, recent neonate and someone who's a bit older, but not that much—not kind of so quite an you, odd request. You are both
1: characters who have uh, been vampires for less than a year. Yeah, yeah, under super super young. under yeah, yeah. eight months. So Freshies. you are incredibly young neonates. It's an um, odd request. And yeah. uh, that night, screaming down the roads came. Um, Kevin, a Brugia from Melbourne, who drove straight into the city Mm -hmm. uh, at top speed, uh, was almost T boned by a car which seemed to have intent to harm him, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and was then pursued by the sheriff and uh, the two kindred. Abruptly stopped. Yes, that's right. You were taken to Uh, Isabella's Haven in Norwood, Norwood, where you were, where we effectively, you were taught about kindred. this chronicle will begin a uh, month after that incident. So you've had time to acclimatise to the city of Adelaide, uh, yep. begin to set yourself acclimatizing up. And also
2: acclimatising just a being a vampire. That's it's right. This new
3: state of unbeing. That's right. Yeah. So, it's, uh, is it worth noting also as well that Kevin came roaring into the city with very little kind of idea of why he yes, was he there? Yes, he yeah. was a
1: fresh
2: embrace as
1: in the, the night, the night befo-
2: yeah, yeah. Yes. And he didn't really know what had happened to no. him. He didn't know he yeah. was a vampire. He just yes. knew that he needed to yeah. be in Adelaide and he had, he had the blood from his embrace on his clothing, and yes. drove yes. Out six hours through the night from Melbourne to Emotions Adelaide.
0: Emotions running high, it was very thirsty, close to you which being is exactly a, why frenzy. he frenzied. That's right. Oh, that's right. No, you did frenzy. frenzy so
2: yeah. the fuck the out. The
1: story begins with you three as a coterie. Kevin has been, uh, and this is where I will ask you some questions, and you can discuss amongst mm-hmm. yourselves how you want to begin your story. Mm-hmm. How much has Kevin been taught about Kindred society? What are the, if you were to give? Us and Sean, the thread bullet points of what he's been taught. Mm -hmm. What would you say they are?
0: So a basic rundown of bloodlines. Yep, bloodlines, social etiquette, uh, who the clans are, um, who hears what being a you know recently embraced kindred, and the basics of what
3: being a kindred means. As in, you drink blood. You can't go out in the sun. Yep. Uh, if you if you don't drink blood, you'll go into torpor and you'll never come out of it again. Yeah. Uh, and you have a ravening beast inside of you. Mm. You must try and keep that control. must be Th- controlled. I think that's where you start, right? These are your dangers, yep. and these are your needs. Yep. This is your the
2: basics of your and new the six life. traditions, like what you yes. what you cannot think, and can do.
0: I think very early on, yeah, you want that first tradition of this must be. don't tell the, anyone. The masquerade sure. must be upheld. I,
3: I think for Vincent as well, like uh, being a real clan head stickler, like for, the, stickler yeah. for the rules i think the uh, he would have impressed over several times what the masquerade is and why it's important yeah. and what yeah. the consequences are for breaking it yeah. so I think that has been hammered home in that
1: first mm-hmm. month pretty solid can yeah. I uh, add a provocation to do that does that include what the Camarilla is that's what I was just about to ask and how important that is
3: I, I, for Vincent yes I think okay, so great. because he's a believer in the Camarilla absolutely Yeah. yeah. so um, the Camarilla and its structure and how that relates to Adelaide and how this is a structure that has existed for thousands of years good luck trying to shake it up you might as well just get in line just
1: for listeners who might not be familiar with the vampire lore, mm. what is the Camarilla?
3: Uh, the Camarilla is a uh, structure uh, of vampire society that has existed for a long, 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 long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is basically a way of bringing order to a world that would otherwise be very lawless and uh, uh, chaotic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's extremely hierarchical and has many kind of rules that govern it. Governance. And there are and seven vampire clans that are a part of the Camarilla. part of the Camarilla, and they work together to maintain the masquerade, which is the principle by which vampires keep their existence
1: hidden. That's so the masquerade is the thing that protects kindred from humanity and humanity from kindred by Correct. pretending by that there are no such things. Yeah. Yes, you didn't
0: see. It's very Men in Black. You didn't see anything. Yeah. Yes, You're realizing the world. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. we are kind of like a a host parasite situation. If Vincent is kind of hammering home on the facts. I think Isabel would be kind of very i attuned to Kevin's um, psychological state mm-hmm. what's he feeling how can she kind of ease in you know it's kind of like the here's who you are and here's the the basics right the needs and the wants and Isabel is kind of just gauging not to be a psychologist but how is that making you feel mm-hmm. you know there is outreach amongst the kindred um you know this is now becoming a coterie Uh, We can depend – well, you can't trust anyone, but you need to have some sort of support at the same time, that kind of impression that that there is avenues in which you can kind of reach out.
1: And you are one of those avenues. Yes. How do you help him through these stages? Do you take the the role of a mother or do you take the role of a counsellor? Um, of a confidant, um, do you seek to be someone with wisdom that you're bestowing or do you seek to kind of lower yourself down to his level and go, we in this together?
0: Uh, much more as a kind of almost counsellor, kind Great. of auxiliary, um, and using that to kind of impress her own ideas about, you know, redemption and, and you know, yes, we're damned, but to what extent? And, and you know, seeing that he's a bruja, you know, when emotions run hot, they can be quite dangerous for everyone. So
1: your introduction is almost one of tempering and calming and soothing into yep. the world rather than gearing you up for anything.
3: The, the way I think the way Vincent Caesar is that this, this fledgling has been sort of handed over to us. Normally he would have a sire to be responsible for him. Instead, we've got two neonates uh, who are barely, <laughs> very, barely responsible for themselves, mm-hmm. as you say, co-parenting. Have mm-hmm. a baby this, And And I think he's keenly aware that if he's in this f- kind of default fledgling status, his actions are, they come back to us. Yeah. In the same way that when we were fledglings, our actions came back to our sire. Mm-hmm. Anything Kevin does at this stage comes back to us. And that is pretty dangerous for mm-hmm. us I- in terms of him being very new and us not having a lot of status in this yeah. world yet. So I think, uh, as you say, parents, like mm-hmm. we've, we've, we've both fallen into sort of a, 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 a demagogue role, yeah. both to help Kevin also to cover our own asses mm-hmm. because if he's not released, he's our problem.
1: And also, your uh, you yourselves are relatively friendless. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, yep. yes. You have the support of your clan, but you're the one of the new ones. Yes. yes. So that's not a lot. And and
3: in my clan, the higher up you are, the more powerful you are directly correlating yeah i mean it's true of most clans but in tremere that's double down
1: that's right Mm. as new you're more disposable uh and as a toreador
0: it's quite cliquish but also toreadors uh to think of it in terms of a high school like they're the popular kids so there's a fuck ton of backstabbing rumors it's not if you're not in you are kind of Treading on thin ice because it's kind of like, uh, you know, mm. you're hot, you're hot one day, not the other.
1: And of. how does Kevin deal with his new adoptive parents mm. and his as a step Mummy into the world? Daddy. Yes, um,
2: it's really interesting because if the Tremere. Are uh, all about hierarchy and structure. The Bruges are just fucking chaos. Mm-hmm. Like he, and it's doubly so for Kevin. He's literally more so than a normal Bruges maybe would generally. He's just been thrown into the deep end, just going, let's see if you survive. Everyone's dusted their hands off of him and he doesn't know what that is. So for, for Kevin, it's been this kind of this dichotomy of where like he is still pursuing his own goals and he does have this, this very just tunnel vision towards what he wants to achieve, and that's why you have seen him over the month. He has tried to... He's gone onto the streets. He has tried to accumulate information and... He's not just letting mum and dad bring him blood to feed on. No, he's still going to be self-sufficient. and He's going to be using his time and his experiences as an investigator. He's not just going to sit idly by and just twiddle his thumbs. Mm -hmm. Something that worries his... To compatriots, yeah. I would imagine, Getting out out like in the world, yeah. we
3: can't stop you necessarily, but be fucking careful, please. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. by
2: the same token, it, it, whether this comes as a surprise or not to people, but he's been very kind of diligent in wanting to learn about vampire society, wanting to learn. So when they're saying, you know, every time Vincent comes and says so this, this, and this, and you know, Kevin mm. be like, yep, sure, and he's got his. He's got his little black book that he Mm -hmm. introduced in the demo that Mm -hmm. no one sees, but he's been writing things down. He's been diligent in learning, hearing from both mum and dad. And he's been and a curious
0: mind can betray other kind of Wants yeah mm.
2: does
1: because Kevin's a former police officer yes does he accept the kind of rules and laws that I assume Professor Masters instills by perhaps a curfew and begins to leash uh, lessen the leash as time goes on or is it straight away your I'm your own person
3: so Vincent might have set some restrictions on you early on like. Be back before this time. Report into us everything that you've done so far because you don't know what you're doing yet. And or we're go with
1: us before, like we will go hunting together. together yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Or I, you are you like okay? I'll earn their trust and get a bit more independent, Or are you like you're,
2: fuck that? You're gonna find that Kevin did push things quite early, and there is a thing of like he's. It, there is going to be instances where it's like, oh, like you know, maybe instead of nine, he came in at nine fifteen or. <laughs> <laughs> he only went out for uh, a half an hour, apparently. Um, but yeah, like, it's that thing. Yeah. He is immediately going to be pushing boundaries because he's not, he refuses to be beholden mm. to people, mm-hmm. even though he is respectful in a sense of like, you'll you get this notion that Kevin is he's learning about society and he's trying to really understand how the culture works. As much as he is being given, he's not just going to put the leash on his neck and say, yes, sir, yes, sir. To so it's a yeah. bit of. I
1: understand what you're doing by giving me these restrictions. However, I need to know their purpose because mm-hmm. I'm a human grown man. Don't treat me like a child.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: He's not gonna be accepting of that. And not yes. in a not in a immediately overt fuck you sort of way. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but in a way of I'm sorry, but there are things that I'm going to do and I'm not going to apologise yeah. yeah, yeah. for that. Uh, worth noting that, that Vincent is not a, a teacher of children.
3: He's a teacher of, of grown-ups, right? He's a he's a tertiary academic teacher. So, uh, the idea that he, he doesn't treat Kevin's education as a sort of like a condescending, you must do this. Mm-hmm. It's more of an adult learning situation. Is like, I'm going to give you the tools... Uh, and I'm going to set you the responsibilities. And if you want to fuck up, fuck that up. Uh, just don't drag me along with it. Sure. Yeah. Know? Okay. That's it's it's I, I'm not going to seek to to control his every action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I will I will I will punish anything that jeopardizes me in my position. Okay. Well, whereas for
0: Isabel, it's like, well, I mean, it's all very tied in with Catholicism and the kind of guilt and the the reconciliation of you've done something wrong, and that hurts me, but. It's okay because I forgive you and that kind of, like, I'm going to kind of talk through with you why this is a bad thing and why this can hurt people, but without the kind of thing of, like, you done fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and, or it's this an emotional manipulation, right? It's a guilt trip. Or this is a rule that you've broken. It's kind of like, when you did this, this...
2: You hurt this me. Is, <laughs> <laughs> these are the consequences. Why and don't this you is get the that's knife? Bad. That's what
0: you really want. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, it's, and what's also interesting from Kevin's point of view is that reconciling kindred society with his own sense of what's good and what's just. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because he is he was brought up in the police force. He was mm-hmm. brought up, you know, with this very clear sense of what's, what's right and what's wrong. And now that's been and completely... And you being the f-
0: enforcer.
2: Yeah, and that's been completely flipped on his head. So, while he still has this uh, projected sense of he is still searching for the ultimate good, he's still struggling and learning and trying to comprehend what that means now in the world of darkness.
1: Lines that you thought previously were black and white are blurred and are now grey. Yeah. yeah. And he's, but he's still searching and trying to at least- Trying to find the bigger picture. Yeah. The bigger black and white. Absolutely. So, what we will do is, we'll do it in this episode before we begin, because I'd like to begin with action rather than me talking. Mm -hmm. In the month that has preceded uh, your arrival, Kevin's arrival, uh, and your kind of adoption, several things have happened. One, you've had to look after a baby bruiser. Two, Isabel. Yes. Kindred society as a whole, the Camarilla at least, has almost Instantly turned cold on you.
0: Hmm.
1: Not just <laughs> the Toreador, but most kindred, particularly among Clan Venture and Clan Tremere, you're often on the outside of conversations looking
2: in.
3: Persona non grata. Yeah. Mm.
2: Is, has this been done very overtly or very surreptitious, surreptitiously? Uh, it's it, quite overt.
3: So I know about it.
2: Oh, yeah. You
1: have no idea why. But, but you just know.
3: Same thing hasn't happened to me.
1: Nope. You're still in. Uh, maybe some ventury have by association, you think, largely. Yeah. But you're not quite sure. But my own clan's okay with me. They seem to be. You are uh, deeply worried if they, you suspect they would have uh, acted on you if they seriously didn't trust you. Yes. You're not sure why this is the case. Okay. All you know is that before you were an unreleased chart, things seemed wonderful. Mm-hmm. You were released, a few weeks went by, Professor Masters was released, he's becoming, suddenly people are not terribly interested in you. Okay. They avoid you. Yep. Kevin, you've begun to grow your confidence, your sense of your place within being a kindred, a vampire. You have learnt how to feed regularly. You can take care of yourself so much as you can with the support of these two. And they too have discovered in a sense that they need your support. The three of you have begun acting more and more. As a coterie. Yeah, as a coterie and in alignment with each other. Uh, You speak to each other. You consult with each other on different sorts of issues. Vincent, I've already given you the message from your sire and from the clan as a whole. Mm-hmm. What that message was, mm-hmm, is that? That was sent privately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are ahead of the curve, as it were. Oh. What you do know is that- It's a game of secrets, people. It, it is. a, it is a bit, uh, The clan that you have picked informs yes. that, yes, it is. Sharing um, is caring. What, it's nothing you need to know. Just trust me. Uh, my old LARP work would disappear with the Tremere going off and going, Tremere business, and we <laughs> would <were> just go, <going, laughs> okay, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, what you do know is that your position within kindred society is beginning to fray you are considered slightly a bit of a liability because you don't seem to do anything. All of us. Yes. All of us. Yes. Ah. Uh, There are coiteries out there who enforce the masquerade regularly with uh, police contacts, with media contacts who uh, are spies for different groups and organizations that keep the government in line, who are investment bankers and that sort of, they own banks or companies They they have a function. They have a purpose. You three don't. Mm.
2: Then why were we put
0: together? (laughs) And
2: it
1: seems like either people are waiting for you to assert that, or your moment hasn't arrived.
0: Just
3: well, as long as I have free time to study, I I don't really mind. (laughs) To be honest, like if you don't have other shit clouding me, I can go and learn more magic. Yes, fine by me. Absolutely. Um, So I don't mind being idle in that way. Now, just
1: as a quick. Question: I have a few logistical things. Yeah, for sure. Are you sharing a haven as a coitery? Well, I have a house in Prospect. Mm-hmm. You have a house in Norwood.
0: Yeah, a you little don't flat have, kind of thing.
3: Do you have a domain or I haven? Mean, I don't believe so. No. No. So one of us has to uh, probably is putting him up, right?
0: Yeah, I would assume that would be me.
3: Yeah, I was. I would assume I'd go. Sure, with... Sure. I presume your
1: sort of character would.
0: Yeah, I I would think you would be a bit more.
3: I can imagine spending time there. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. Yeah. and basically. Having coterie meetings there Mm -hmm. But I would still maintain my own place Mm. Especially as... I'm a tremere yep. and I love secrets and yep. my studies are not you've for other people to look into so I need my own place and I would be very happy to have your place as a meeting place because it means no one ha- ever has to visit me and yeah. yeah, come yeah. to my I, house I feel which the has second, got my things in the it the second
2: isabella was like well I'll take him in you're like oh thank god good.
3: yes yep. yes, yes, that's yes good. maybe you yeah, even
1: correct. suggest it yes yeah. you've got more space i have i can't actually yeah. um it's it's <laughs> a mess there's
3: hard. books yeah. everywhere i don't have more space for another person a mess my landlord is the landlord is uh, can be difficult.
1: I mean, outside of domination,
3: but yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Has uh, any of your coterie ever been to your haven? Then no. Uh, cool. Okay.
0: Uh, All right.
3: I would I would avoid that happening if I could. I wouldn't. I, I probably would try to avoid making it like an explicit. Like no, no one ever comes here. I would just try and arrange it so that it, yep. it's more convenient to be absolutely. Elsewhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, now I just want to formalize more formalize the relationships between the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, in maybe two words, not two words, two sentences, can you, Phil, describe your relationship with Kevin and then Isabel?
3: Kevin is a fast learner and a good student. That earns my respect. But he also uh, lacks a bit of self-discipline, and so I'm worried about him becoming a liability to me. Right. Um, So, mixed. Mm -hmm. Good and bad. Isabel, I I, I started thinking of her as quite vapid and, and kind of useless. But on first meeting, I was like, oh, really, am I being stuck with this person? And then uh, it's sort of become a grudging regard. I think particularly spending time around her and being like, oh, well, the things that she, the, the aesthetic things that she loves are things like literature. There is a connection there that I've felt with her. And her wisdom for things that I don't have a, a great regard for, such as your the inner emotional world. Mm-hmm. I recognize that she has skills in that regard, especially when it comes to Kevin that I don't. And I'm like, okay. You're not so useless after all. That's right. my
1: relationship mm-hmm. to her. Uh, yeah. uh, Isabella?
0: Uh, yes. Uh, I think that Vincent has kind of too many secrets, Is is kind of um, playing his own game. That's not for the good of this coterie. But I do respect heavily uh, the position that um, a mentor, well, uh, someone with great knowledge and information and a, and a thirst for kind of uh, personal study. Has so I kind of respect him, even though I think his um, desire for withholding secrets is a bit self, dest- well, destructive. With Kevin, I'm kind of very invested in cultivating him as his kind of own being, um, and kind of giving him the support. Uh, I believe he, you know, he all good missions need inquisitors and kind of strength and i believe that if he can be fostered well he can kind of have um strength but the the morals to kind of guide that
2: and kevin kevin's view of vincent it kind of falls along the same lines as that he he finds him a valuable he's been a wealth of information in, especially especially in being able to formulate his view on um, kindred society and how to act within that society but he he can't really trust him um, he can't really trust him as far as he can throw him. There's, he Fair. he he dealt in. Hey, you can throw me pretty far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he can't even trust him that much. <laughs> he he lived he lived in a world when he was alive in a place where he, it is his job to bring out secrets mm. and to find who he can trust and who he can't, and to have someone that is so entrenched in his unlife now being so untrustworthy. It just he knows he he has to keep him at a certain. A arms length, length. yeah. And for Isabella, it's it's very much Isabella reminds him of his mum, oh. of his mother back in Melbourne, um, and it, it's someone that he he is developing a trust for. He, he he may feel that she is a bit more idealistic than he he feels he can be within this society, but he values what Isabella is trying to instill in him. He can see the dichotomy between the way they're approaching things. And he at least like, sees it as an aspect of kinder society that he hasn't got a full grasp on yet, that, uh, that emotional response to his new life. like he can, he can understand the pragmatic approach, whereas these are the rules, this is what you have to do, but that whole thing of, oh, how do I feel? Well, a lot of times fucking pissed off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, how he understands that and puts that to use is kind of interesting. I help protect you from like, making overt mistakes yeah. mm-hmm. and, and she helps
3: keep your humanity intact.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. great. Well, good parenting. That's where I uh, <laughs> yeah. that's where I want to leave episode 0. Pre this we sort of Dis- we, we were sort of
3: discussing, and you said you might bring it up here mm-hmm. about whether we had formally presented Kevin. Oh, uh, I presume you have. Yes, okay. I, you, I would have thought you, that would happen because it's super dangerous not to. Yes, it's mm. very, yeah. very, very against etiquette totally. to not have him.
2: With well, a- it's the fifth. It's a fifth tradition. It's like you a, are. You must, I am. I have come into someone else's domain. I must present myself yes. to the mm-hmm. prince. Yes. So we would have presented him to the prince. I presume in so, private.
3: Yeah. I imagine yeah. uh, public or private. Yeah. Uh,
1: whatever you decide. Which would you prefer? Would it, Probably
3: private. Wouldn't it, I would have yeah, publicly that puts us all, that max. It's just like, hey, look at us. Right. Look how weird this yeah, is. Yeah. And
0: also, it started from a weird place of yes. the prince asking us to go there anyway. Quietly. So it, he it,
2: brought you aside and said, do this thing. So, so the, it's kind yeah. of
0: like the, is this what you wanted to so
2: like
1: say? <laughs> so the prince would have met him in private. And then publicly announced him. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that other Kindred don't see you and go, "Who, Who are, you? are you? Who's yeah. this guy? Time to kill you yeah. and bring you, or stake you, and bring you to the prince." Would yeah. he
3: yeah. also have gone if this guy does any fuck ups? Look up Vincent and Isabel. They're Not responsible for him
1: explicitly,
3: but yeah. potentially
1: Everybody knows implied. But everyone's, yeah. 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 Everyone's the, well, talking. everyone is thinking it. Yeah. They're going. Who? What are these two neonates doing? Bringing another neonate. To mm. the city. Where did they get this kid from? Yeah. How, where did they get this kid from? Why mm. do they have Why this? Whose decision was that? Whose bruja is this? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Good uh, quest. <laughs> Until that time, until the next episode. Good night from all of us at Baby Beard Media. Mm. Roll to cast.
0: Should I say it? Bon nuit. nuit. Do you own? <laughs> <Pazuzu>. <laughs> oh. Good night, there, folks. <laughs> Good night. Bye. Oh. Bye. This just turned into.
2: You have been listening to Adelaide by Night, which is a roll to cast production. The best way to find us is on Twitter, Discord, and our Patreon. All our podcasts are on Acast, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash roll to cast Portions of the materials are the copyrights and trademarks of White Wolf Entertainment AB and are used with permission. All rights reserved. For more information, please visit white-wolf.com. This season of RoyaltyCast is made by fans, for fans, and is not officially licensed material of White Wolf Entertainment.